Hey there, Kubrick fans. If you like what you hear during this episode, be sure to visit our website at thekubrickseries.com for more episodes and uncut interviews from the series. And you can also consider making a one-time or recurring monthly donation in any amount of your choosing if you'd like to support our podcast. That's thekubrickseries.com. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Kubrick series Uncut. In this episode, we speak with director Neil Labute. Mr. Labute is a tremendously talented writer-director of films like In the Company of Men, Your Friends and Neighbors, Nurse Betty, The Shape of Things, and Lakeview Terrace. Kubrick's Barry Lyndon is one of his favorite films. I guess let's start with your, your consciousness of, of Mr. Kubrick, and, and, and where did that begin for you? Um, I bet, you know, that's one of those things like, like any, my God, you, you almost say an artist, you know, where, where was, what was the first Picasso or, or Watteau or, you know, it's hard, it's hard to pin down. Sometimes movies seem like it's a little easier. Someone brought you to it or I can more closely identify, you know, my first experience with Gone with the Wind because I remember going to it with my mother and that sort of thing, you know, but, um, Barry Lyndon, I can remember I can remember going to as well, um, but I certainly knew about Kubrick before then, and um, and so the earliest association I'm I'm not I'm not sure I just became aware of the movies and and wanting to see what the next picture that this person was going to do. Um, I can remember that getting into Clockwork Orange was a you know impossibility when I was young that sort of thing you know, <laughs> um, so it became uh, he made it much easier with Barry Lyndon. Um, yeah. That seemed like a more acceptable kind of movie you know. My mother thought there's a costume drama, and that should be all right. Little did she know how long it was, or you know, uh, <laughs> what, what it would be about. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, you know, that always seems more acceptable to people than the landscape of, of Clockwork Orange seems just right. kind of repellent and frightening to, to a lot of people. So, what were your what were your first kind of vivid memories of the film? What captured you right away about it? Well, I, I think. You know, that's that's a picture that that um, perhaps more than there are there are certainly images from it that that are it's, I think the way it unfolds I, I appreciate it as a writer you know coming from from an interesting source and even the first few scenes open in these kind of reverse slow zooms you know that kind of begin like chapters and and give you a a kind of sense of of the the literary. And I, I appreciated that. And the narrator, Michael Hordern, had a, a kind of wonderful, dry sense of humor about things. Um, it wasn't like Tom Jones, but it was, you know, it, it just felt right. And uh, it put things into a kind of perspective. And um, the, the, the tableaus were so beautiful. I mean, the, obviously, Kubrick's hand, no doubt, is, is on every frame of it. But the cinematography, the art direction, Ken Adam and, and John, uh, John Alcott, you know, did such stellar work in it, and and great people. I mean, there's some wonderful character actors in there, in, in, in relatively small parts. Mm-hmm. Leonard Rossiter, I think, is is fantastic in the movie. Um, Hardy Krueger, I like very much. Um, Patrick McGee is somebody I've always had an affinity for. Um, uh, Murray Melvin, uh, I think, is, is that his name? Plays uh, yes. Reverend Runt. Love him. Just such an amazing face, you know. I just, um, I, I think that, that a lot of those very vivid people who pop up throughout, but 
but really fine work from from Ryan O'Neill, I think. A really, really strong performance, and uh, so um, I think you know he, Kubrick always was was great about collecting. Maybe that's a perfect word for him, collecting really interesting mm-hmm. people to to go along for these long rides. I mean, there was something like three hundred shooting days on that on that movie. Um, but I, you know, rather than, than than moments of like, well, it's the the apes smashing the bones, or this, you know, you know, a, a moment from from Full Metal Jacket or The Shining, you know, it's Jack Nicholson's face in the in the door. Yeah, I don't know that there's an image, you know, from it in the same way for me. But it's these beautiful, almost like paintings, almost you know, these mm. gorgeous tableaus, and, and it, it, the, the period feels so alive and so vivid. Um, that I, you know, it's one of those movies that helps me escape into a place and, and really spend a few hours um, just away from my own world. It's, I can completely immerse in a picture like that. It's one of those pictures that I, it's a kind of movie that people, when they say you must see it on the screen, they're talking about a movie like this. Right. I know that it's right. played like this Cinerama Dome, and that's where you want to see it, you know, a place like that. This is the kind of movie that should be in, 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 in 3D or IMAX, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I hear when I heard oh the Great Gatsby is going to be made in 3D, I kind of initially went oh what, but then thinking, <laughs> you know maybe so maybe maybe Lerman knows what he's talking about. The, 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 right. Those are the kind of movies that I want to see up on the up on the big screen. So it was, it was certainly that it was, it was it was a movie movie as far as I was concerned, you know, mm-hmm. um, but felt smart and and you know at, at that that age I felt like gosh I didn't I don't know everything but I'm not going to let on I'm not going to let people know I don't know what they're talking about <laughs> and it's, so it was something that you could go back to time and again and it just it, the smarter I got as a person the, the more I was able to enjoy the picture you know um, I, I feel the same way because especially with Kubrick films watching them now as opposed to maybe when I first saw them 20 years ago they're different experiences for me. I mean, they're much richer. They're deeper in meaning for me. Yeah, and I think they work on 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 various levels. I mean, there's there's rarely been a more visceral filmmaker as well. I mean, who could you know make a compelling image, and uh, and mm-hmm. so I, I think a lot of his his pictures work on on just that level, but they also um, keep revealing themselves each each time mm-hmm. you, you sit down and, and and really engage with them. And uh, and I appreciate that, you know, and that that's right down to the last picture. I think, um, I, I think there's there's so much there to to really enjoy and then and then make a connection with as well. Um, yeah. But Barry Lyndon was was I mean just just the period the um, I found it, a movie that I that I that played to so many of the, the things that I appreciated. That uh, I always uh, I was drawn to it and, and would go back to it time and again. In terms of his, um, well, first of all, let's talk about his 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 scripting, uh, his writing, uh, because he's known primarily, obviously, as a as a visual director. I mean, those are the those are the memories of Kubrick that kind of burn themselves in your brain. But uh, most of his films he adapted from novels, and Barry Lyndon. To his own admission, uh, he didn't think was had any kind of literary uh, value. He wanted it to be mostly a visual experience. W- w- where do you see Kubrick falling in, in terms of the, the writing in his films, including Barry Lyndon? 
Well, I mean, I, I, I think that's, you know, a, a, I only wish that I could, you know, think that there, there wasn't that kind of value in it. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could write things <laughs> of such little value. Um, I, you know, I think it's pretty spectacular that the um, both aspects that he's able to control so completely. I, to, to me, I would imagine that no matter, you know, what he says about it, that he he loved that part of the process um, because there's such control, you know. There's 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 no wind, there's no sun dropping, there's no producer, there's you know there's, there's none of the things when you're writing. The world really is yours. You are such a you know a creator, such a god on paper. You know you can write down two moons and it, really easily and, and just mean it. And then the poor you know production designers like, what do you mean two moons? You know, and the visual effects. People are, are scratching their heads, thinking, "How are we going to make this work?" Uh, and the producer <laughs> thinks, "How are we going to pay for that?" So the, all those compromises that come with, you know, with with the making of a, of a picture, but the uh, the realization of it, but the the moment of sitting there and controlling, you know, what I'm going to take from from that novel and what I'm going to add to this and which characters I'm going to amalgamate, all all within his control. And I, and I can only imagine a seeming perfectionist like himself really actually did enjoy that part of the process and I, I think his scripts were were rather well crafted you know across the mm-hmm. board um i mean he worked with other people along the way but but he you know i think a lot of i can't imagine that, that he wasn't very much in control throughout and um i just i really admire the results i mean taking a, a, a novel from that period i mean to go back and look at those novels look at a vanity fair or mm. tom jones or or a, or a book like this Really dense and, and you know flowery, not even poetic, but just flowery language, and to, to to cut such a clear narrative over such a a long film, uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought he handled it extremely well. Um, so I, you know, I'm not that he doth protest too much. I just think that you know maybe he, he really looks forward to the the visual aspects. I know he was very exacting in 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 the costumes and, and everything being. Uh, what it was, but I think that uh, you know his his work, no matter how he felt about it, um, was was awfully good in in terms of writing. Well, and thematically too. Uh, I mean, Kubrick's films are filled with uh, so many unique ideas, and 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 ideas uh, that kind of obsessed him that he returned to time and time again. I mean, he he loved to explore the as as do you I, I would imagine through your work kind of the darker side of human nature um, and also there's something running through Barry Lyndon there's in a lot of his films this sort of inevitability um, that that his, his his fate is it's destined it's predestined for him almost do you, do you yeah, see that the, I think there is that you know certainly there's the you know I mean he makes his hand by by gambling and, and, you know, fate plays a certain part, but there is this kind of wheel of fortune. That's, there's a kind of, in some of his best work, there's a, there's, a, there's certainly, you know, and maybe maybe this in some of the best work in, in the world, there's this case as well, but certainly you see it in the, in the hands of someone like him. You, you start to find themes, and, and there is that journey. You know, there's the, the same kind of journey that Alex takes in, in Clockwork Orange. You see, you know, 
happened throughout the, the story of Barry Lyndon, and you see in even the journey that, that uh, the character that Tom Cruise plays in, in Eyes Wide Shut, um, you know, and certainly there's, you know, journeys in, in into into darkness and, and sometimes out the other side and sometimes not um, for a lot of characters in, in, in pictures that... Uh, that Kubrick directed, but but um, yeah, I think certainly he he didn't shy away from from both sides of humanity, and and you know I, I think he he was amazed and amused by human beings and human nature. I don't, I, I never found him. Maybe it's because you know people have accused me of the same of being cynical, but I, I don't think of him in those terms. Um, but I think he was you know very realistic about the capacity that we have for both good and bad and mm. was, you know, was fascinated by it. Um, but also bad is just interesting to portray. You know, it's like the villain often gets all the good lines. Um, and, and so to, to create those characters, to imbue them with, with, uh, the word and, and, and image that, that he was so capable of doing. It's, uh, I, I, I imagine there was great pleasure in in the kind of anthropological study that he did of people, but again through the through the lens of entertainment. You know, he wasn't a documentarian. Yeah. You know, for someone who started out shooting people on the streets, you know, even you you look at his photographs. You know, when he worked for I don't know what was it Look magazine or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, he he had a he had a poetic eye. He had an eye that you know caught um, sometimes very unreal. And 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 singular moments. They, you know, he was not just a, uh, you know, a man on the street kind of person. Um, I'm, so I I'm think glad that, that you. I'm glad that you mentioned. I'm so sorry. I'm glad that you mentioned that you don't find him cynical because um, I think what people a lot of times miss about Kubrick's films are uh, is the compassion, and I think they miss it because it's not as easy as sentimentality, which Kubrick certainly never was. Uh, but but you, I do feel compassion in a lot of these films. Um, I mean, do, do you get that sense from from any of Kubrick's work? Oh sure, I, I absolutely do. I, I think that you know he, you know I th- I think he, you know maybe maybe that's a godlike position as well. But I I, I didn't feel him him judging people. I, I felt him mm-hmm. you know watching. If anything, he could be a little distanced, you know and. Sometimes that just made for a great image, you know. But I, I think that he, um, I think Barry Lyndon's a perfect example of that. You know, I don't think he looks at Barry even at a moment where Barry is like beating his son, or you know, at, at, his, at his highest point. You know, the, the opening of he, he probably couldn't be more full of himself than after the intermission. You know, he's I think it opens on them in a carriage ride and he's smoking a pipe and looks quite quite pleased with himself. You know. Um, I, I think that um, you know he, he he doesn't look at that person with disdain so much as you know a, a sense of again amusement isn't right. The amusement isn't right either. It, it really is a, a kind of not quite scientific detachment, but I think a, a kind of godlike sense of you know I have put these these things into play and in order, and this is the you know. Uh, I'd like to see what happens here, you know, and, and, and Barry Lyndon plays out as it was meant to play out. And, um, 
and he, he is left to the fate that he both deserves and brought upon himself, and sometimes events are, are greater than, than the man. And, uh, um, I, you know, I think it ends with such a, a passage that, that kind of exemplifies that, of that, you know, good or bad, rich or poor, where they're all equal now, you know, that, that we're just people. I mean, that's a, he could have done or said or, or written anything for the, for the end of that picture, but I think that uh, that really did say this is just, you know, one glimpse of one person in a, in a huge world that, uh, you know, and he was no better or worse than, than so many others. Um, yeah. I don't think that's, that's a person who, you know, who looks and says, I hate, I hate people and, you know, I hate this guy in particular. Uh, you know, the, he knows how easy it is to, to slip and to fall and to, you know, to scale great heights and to, and to plummet into, into vast depths. So, uh, I, I never saw him as somebody who, who, uh, who, who felt cynical about things. Yeah. And there's also something about, I mean, he worked in John, uh, he, he was a genre filmmaker. He took a, he took an established genre and he made it uniquely his own. He kind of reinvented it in his own sure. voice. Um, how do you see uh, the, the the way he did that with the with the costume drama in particular? Well, I, I think you said it, you know, better than than I'm going to, or I'm going to steal it and pretend that it was mine. You know, that he really <laughs> took took the genre. Uh, you know, he, he, you're very right. He, I mean, he he worked in in so many different genres that that uh, yeah, he, he really was able to make them. Um, kind of uniquely his own, embrace it, all the, the the things, all the stuff that we're we're used to from those genres, and then really kind of turn them on their ear and and uh, give us a different take on it, give us certainly his own take on it, and um, I think he did that very successfully in 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 Barry Lyndon. He he managed to take something that that I had seen a number of times done well and, and poorly and and make it as you know it set, it set he always seemed to set the bar wherever he went so high that mm-hmm. I, if i'm going to make a costume drama i will make you know the most costume filled most you know that it'll have the most original clothing from the period mm-hmm. and you know I'll, I'll do everything as as well and and better than than i've seen it before um i i think that he he did that time and again he would you know he was a person who would kind of reinvent the bar rather than just set it high. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think that, that you know, he, he certainly did that same thing there. It's, uh, you know, I, I kind of revere what he was able to do and, and take the time and was given the, given this time and space also to do it. You know, I mean, to think the idea of getting hundreds of shooting days today, um, yet yeah. you could give a, you know, 300 shooting days to one person and they would never come up with Barry Linda. You know, it's not, right. I don't believe in that, you know, if, well, if I leave some train dates, in a room long enough, you know, they'll come up with Hamlet. Mm, I, it's always sounded great that, you know, in a classroom. And then I thought, you know, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Gonna waste, yeah. I think they're going to waste a lot of paper. It's what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> you know, but they're cute as anything. And, you know, it'll be great to, to watch them try. But I don't think they're probably going to come up with Hamlet. Um, and I don't think that, you know, somebody else with 300 shooting days would come up with Barry Linton. Um, yeah. he, he was a, he was a singular talent. There's no question about it. And I think that, that one of the one of the great sadnesses. As much as I like the picture, I would have loved to see what he'd done with the western. I would have loved to have seen mm. him do One Eyed Jacks. Um, mm. And I and I actually think Marlon Brando did a, a really fine job with it. 
Um, I, I actually like that picture quite a bit, uh, but I, I wonder what he, you know, he might have done. That's um, one of the great what ifs, and, and so is yeah. Napoleon. You know, Napoleon well, is a least, great what if. At least with Napoleon, too. I get a, I get a taste of this. You know, with Barry Lyndon, yeah, I get a taste with yeah Barry Lyndon, in, in, in some in some way, or you know, mm-hmm. I watch the Duelists and I go, well, there's there's a, there's a taste of what that might have been, you know. Um, yeah. And now I know Tashin has put out, you know, so many materials for Napoleon. We can we can get mm-hmm. even more than a taste of it. Um, but yeah, the Western is so singular, you know. Like uh, it would be, have been interesting to see what he, what he might have done with that. Um, one of the great, but, one of the most. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That's all. One one of the greatest things I've I've ever read from Kubrick is a, is a memo that was released where he was uh, kind of pitching the idea of Napoleon, I think, to Warner Brothers. Uh, and he said, uh, I can't reveal too many details, except that I fully expect it to be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> and you do the Kubrick meant it. Yeah. Um, I, in terms of theme, one more question about theme. Um, he had just come off a of Clockwork Orange. Barry Lyndon stylistically is very, very different. Uh, but there is a thread of emotional violence in mm. the film, uh, and it reminds me of uh, Scorsese's Age of Innocence in a way, and how he dealt with the costume drama. And I'm sure that he was influenced by Lyndon. That's one of his favorite films. Yeah. Uh, do, do you do you see that in in Barry Lyndon as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, for every for every you know um, battle, you know, and, and and I think it's it's that that the austerity of it, you know, the the sort of um, the duel, the, the the marching into battle, you know, mm. uh, the, the kind of madness with which they used to, um, you know, not that not that hiding in the trees and, and shooting at each other's any more civilized, but there was something about you know sending a row of men you know to their death that way, um, that was that that you know seemed so chivalrous and 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 so um, gentlemanly and yet so kind of barbaric in its own way. Um, mm. But the kind of that the, the way just the the way that he shot the um, the bare knuckle fist fight, you know, in in the military scenes, the mm-hmm. um, the, the beating that he gives the uh, uh, Lord Bullington, um, but 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 you know the psychological warfare that these people waged on each other. Um, there's it's, you know he he handles that so well. He he creates a sense of menace, and I'm sure that. I would imagine if I read enough that, that Pinter would have been an admirer of Kubrick, um, you know, created that same kind of of air of, you know, that that sense that something bad was going to happen. He never knew when it was going to, you know, kind of break out of uh, the boundaries of, of civility and become become something more. Um, I think that that creates that, that unease that he could create, you know, so well. Uh, from paths of glory to the killing to you know i mean he he always had a he really created quite a gallery of rogues of men who mm-hmm. you know were were faced and you know able to also deal out such so many different kinds of pain and and anguish and um and cruelty um he really um again i felt understood the capacity that we have. For for treating others poorly, um, and then you know could also um, could could see the great and or at least moments of 
of beauty. I mean, when, when you see the, the look on the face of those soldiers listening to that that girl sing at the end of Paths yeah. of Glory, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those some of those shots look there like they're straight out of you know uh, uh, Jean Gabin, you know, Grand Illusion, some mm-hmm. you know French film from from the period, um, or just or just after the, the you know the war, um, certainly before the Second World War. It's just I mean this. You know, he, he, there's a guy who really understood both sides of of humanity. I think definitely. I think so too. Um, yeah. Um, it, I mean, he's been dead since '99, um, and I mean, it's so sad that we ha- don't have any more Kubrick films. But but these, yeah. you know, we we can always go back to and, and reevaluate and reassess. But if how would you define? what we're missing in today's film without Kubrick? Oh, I I, I think there are less and less, um, you know, people like him. I mean, if you, if you talk about auteurs and, and people that you, you wait for that next picture, no matter how long it was, they, they, they tended to get longer and longer between each picture in the last, you know, however many years of his life from, you know, from say like, Spartacus, really, where he started to make these these films that were a bit more, you know, um, his own picture rather than working for somebody else. Um, starting with sort of, you know, Lolita or Strange Love, and um, there, there was more and more time that that, that space between them. But I, I think that we, you know, we waited kind of anxiously for that to happen. And uh, mm-hmm. in the way it was like, oh my God, here comes another Terrence Malick film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that that I think that there was that that event that came with it, you know that the, yeah. the 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 sort of what you can remember from going to the movies in the best sense, going and and the the you know the waterfall curtain and the lights going down and and there was such a pleasure to that general aspect of going to the movies and and when it was someone that you had waited for, you know their next picture. Um, I think there are fewer directors like that. That you you know you, that you think this is this is there's a chance that this will be you know to say life changing is 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 saying a lot but it you know it may change the, the the face of movies in this way or or the way I look at them in another way that that he was someone who seemed to have the ability to to make us believe in movies in that way that they had you know properties beyond simply, you know, pictures rushing past our face fast enough for us to believe that they were real, that they he really did bring a certain kind of life to them and beyond that, a, a certain kind of hope that, you yeah. know, this was going to be another one of those, you know, not like this was going to be the one, like he, he almost made it, you know, and this was going to be another one of those pictures that we went, wow, he's, he's done something that, you know, few others have, have done before. So yeah. I think you know he he certainly and and now as you say he's been dead a little while he you know he's stood the test of time of you know we we don't I, I don't go back and go oh well you know now that I look at it you know you look at those things every day day <laughs> and you go no god damn it still looks good today you know it's mm-hmm. still pretty pretty amazing um, so I think that that is simply going to be the case that that he was a you know a really uh, you know in simple terms he was a game changer in terms of 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 somebody who who could uh really um go beyond what what you know film 
generally is seen as an entertainment or a, you know a diversion and and and, and create uh, the kind of art that that, that comes from the, the best the best films yeah i couldn't agree more i i miss him but i i yeah i constantly review his his movies i mean they're just delectable to me and let me tell you that i i'm so honored that you that you took time out to to be a part of this series and i want to tell you that i cherish your movies uh oh, thank and you. i I would so love uh, to welcome you back to talk about your own work uh, sometime in the future. One of these days, yeah. I, you know, one, one of these days when I do a movie as good as one of his, then, then we'll sit and talk for a long time. <laughs> that was that well, would be I, nice. I think you're terrific, and I, I, I appreciate Thank it you. again. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Take care. Uh,